2: Boogie well, hates racism and Chris Paul, and who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this I, I'm not going to say it, that sounds too good. No, uh, no, 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 no. If
1: the Bucks do win it all, Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. I am joined, as always, by my Competitive. He's competing with my big boy. I didn't even know it. Co-host Rohan. Kadi. Rohan, how's it going?
2: Doing well. Uh burning, but it's fine. Not actually. I'm brown, but you know, it's 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 very warm out.
1: It's not the heat, it's the humidity. That's what they say. And they say it for a reason. It feels like walking into a hot swamp outside. Not a cold swamp. A hot swamp. Rohan, we are you, also joined. Do you walk into hot swamps and cold swamps, Sarah? Well, I, it was supposed to be a little jokey joke because no one ever talks about a cold swamp.
2: No one talks about swamp, whatever.
1: <laughs> Someone's never been to Horicon, I see. Our 46 Horicon listeners are going to be very offended. Actually, that's a marsh. Now they're really going to be offended. <laughs> I called a marsh a swamp. Um, anyway, we're already off the rails. Rohan, we are also joined for the first time by Eurostep executive producer Eugene Horsutogluh. Please correct me. I know I am I'm working on the pronunciation but straight it was pretty, good. pretty good. He says, "Eugene, welcome. Thank you for gracing good. us with your presence." "Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure." "Absolutely. It's it's our pleasure as well, and we're excited to have you on board as we dive into our big boards. The draft is like 9 days away, somehow 8 days away as you're listening to this. It is Thursday. June 22nd at sometime at night, probably like six, who knows, uh, 23rd, excuse me. The Bucks have currently just the 24th overall pick as the NBA robbed them of their second round pick in this draft. And we hope they use it. I, I can say this confidently because I saw Rohan just today tweeted that he hopes the Bucks use the pick. I also hope the Bucks use the pick. They could trade it. We'll probably get into some possibilities of that nature at some point. But for now, let's actually talk about the prospects because we've been promising to do this for a long time. And I'm proud of us. We got it done before the draft came and went. So Rohan, before we dive into the specific names, what is your thought on the caliber of player that seems available at 24? We both covered the same list of 11. We can go down how we ranked them. But what were your thoughts on these 11 players who we assume at least a couple should be there uh, when the Bucs are on the board, if they're on the board.
2: I think it's fairly strong. There's players here who are capable of making an impact, not only for next season as rookies, if they have a chance given the Bucs system, but just down the road, they have a chance to develop. They, there's a lot of players here with good tools, good uh, just sort of basketball intangibles, as you would say, as you're uh, pre- preparing for a draft uh, deep dive. But no, I think there's some good quality players here. And uh, I, I already know this, Ty. We disagree on a lot of these players.
1: Oh, boy. Uh, I'm excited. So you have the advantage. You've seen my I, – I shared my thoughts on the Substack. Find the post at gspn.info under the Substack button. Uh, you can find – that's the latest post as of we're recording this, probably unless – who knows what, what, the, what the crew is up to. Um, but I, I don't know your order at all. So should we go down my board – and then we can share our both our thoughts on each players and where you have them ranked on yours.
2: I think we should do the opposite because people already know what your board is. Cause they've already read the Substack piece each time. Fair. I mean, we're, we're
1: assuming a lot. I think a lot of people see Ty Windish dip the pen. I'm clicking off, but fine. Fair. Let's, let's go the Rohan show. I welcome everyone to the Rohan show. Take it away.
2: So my number one, uh, Player again, these are only from players that Ty had mocked on his big board. Players, should we share the
1: list first or no? Yes, okay. So,
2: quickly, just go based on your list.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll just run down my order. So, EJ Liddell, Walker Kessler, Christian Braun, Kennedy Chandler, Terry, Tari Eason, I think, and actually, sorry, it's Christian Brown, not Braun, it's spelled Braun, pronounced Brown, Uh, Christian Coloco, Jalen Williams, Dalen Terry, Marjan Beauchamp, Nikola Jovic and Patrick Baldwin Jr.
2: Yes, that is the list. And number one on my big board is Christian Coloco.
1: Really? So we have the centers flip-flopped. I have actually been literally pestering random people to ask them why they have these two ordered the way that they are. I thought they were fairly close, although I ended up having Kessler like three spots higher. Why do you like Coloco so much?
2: Well, you start off with the pros. Like I just broke down pros and cons. What easy big he's not like an undersized big he's a solid like 6 11 220 still has room to grow only 22 years old but again that's a little older for a draft prospect but uh compared to what the bucks like to do it's right in their sweet spot uh he's a great defender already great in the paint great as a health defender very switchable he's comfortable switching out on the perimeter he's a great great finisher he has soft touch soft hands but he's also capable of rising up and throwing it down uh, he has good passing vision, even though he wasn't asked to do a lot of that in college. Uh, but he was, when he was, he was able to draw sort of backline defenders uh, with his uh, ball handling ability and just sort of, you know, make good dump off passes. Where you get into the cons, it's very evident right away, right? He's not, he's not a threat from distance. Not the greatest shooter of all time. Uh, he is. What did he shoot? Seventy-two point two percent from the free throw line junior year which does give me some encouragement considering that was up from 55% his freshman and sophomore year. I use free throw percentage a lot because I feel like that's a decent indicator of how people are going to perform at the NBA level. Uh, I don't really take like college three-point percentage into effect that, that much considering it's a different distance. It's a different field, different floor. Uh, so free throw, he was able to improve his mechanics uh, and he's still kind of raw. That could be looked at as a pro. That could be looked at as a con but he does have room to develop. And I think the base there is already super solid. He can sort of be that Brooke Lopez successor, but he also has room to get better. And like I said, the switchability is very, very, very uh, important to me as we move forward with this Bucks team. But Ty, tell me what you think about Christian Coloco.
1: Uh, it's almost hard for me to have the – and I almost want to just turn this now into Coloco versus Kessler because they are the two true bigs that we we considered, I think, that I I would at least call true bigs, like drop center kind of bigs, both like seven-foot-ish huge guys. So I saw Coloco as probably more switchable than Kessler. I saw the same thing you did with regard to free throw percentage, and that was a big plus for me with Coloco. He also got to the line more than Kessler did. Um, Kessler took like 23s, I think, his sophomore year, his last year. Uh, and made barely any, shot 20% on them. So between that and the free throw, you wouldn't expect either, honestly, to be much of a shooter, but Coloco at least has the free throw. I I just, the fact that he's already 22, I don't love. A raw 22-year-old in itself is not the most promising uh, formula, I guess, for long-term NBA success. I don't think it would be a bad pick, but I have kind of seen, I think, Coloco is starting to slip, maybe for that reason. Also, the sample is just pretty limited. I mean, you look at his freshman and sophomore seasons, he was like two points and then five points. The same is true of of Kessler, but I, I just it's a little worrying that it took him so long to become a, a force at Arizona. But I well, I, do I mean think- he
2: he didn't start playing basketball until he was like sixteen.
1: Yeah, I saw he went to Sierra Canyon, um, which is obviously a good place to go. I, I get it. I get it. You know, we've certainly seen players like this succeed. I'm not saying he he for sure won't. but
2: A big man from Cameroon who hasn't played basketball that long? Did someone say Embiid? Did Embiid play in college? Yeah, he played in Kansas.
1: That's what I thought. Let's look at Joel Embiid's Kansas stats and uh, and see how they compare to uh, Coloco. I think it's going to be... Quite the difference.
2: I was kidding, but go off. <laughs>
1: um,
2: well, I just, I, I just
1: wanted. I mean, the, the the thing about the pod is there are people who will hear that and be like, "No, that's a great point, Rohan. He's literally Embiid." It uh, was a great point. It was not. Embiid played one year and averaged eleven and eight uh, on twenty-three minutes a game, despite you know having like no back, no legs, etc. All this stuff Embiid deals with. Um, I don't know. I like Kessler too. I maybe I even dropped him too far. I feel like I might have gotten influenced from outside. Like I said, I just keep see him drop it. He keeps seeing him dropping in boards, but I think I went with Kessler higher. The block numbers are just freaking insane, and I think I don't think Coloco is that much more mobile. I think he is, but I don't think it's a crazy difference. Um so that's why he, I He K-
2: is more mobile and he is more physical. Yeah, I think that's fair.
1: That age scares me. Let's
2: talk about Walker Kessler right now. I know it won't
1: won't scare John Horst, but it scares me.
2: Yeah. Walker Kessler was third on my board. Oh, okay. Uh, So, again, I had a tough time sort of telling the difference between the two. But my thing with why I wanted – like why I dropped Walker Kessler is one – he's also an awful shooter and has shown no improvement whatsoever. Uh, He – like he struggles a lot in terms of like actually getting to his spots. He has, I went to the, I literally wrote no bag under my cons. Like he he just, he doesn't, he doesn't have a bag. Uh, Like Cooper Twitter is going to be all over it. But like, good. He's, he's younger, relatively young. He's almost 21 years old. Uh, But I don't know, just like, he's not, he's not as, as switchable. Like you can't switch him onto guards like you would Coloco. Uh, he's just going to get cooked on the perimeter. Uh, if you want him to just like excel as a drop defender, sure, he can do that. But I think Coloco offers more tools.
1: That is what I want, though. And that's why I had Kessler second is I want the drop defender, man. I mean, we've seen Brook can go out to the perimeter a bit, and that's good. And I think eventually maybe, maybe Kessler could as well, though I'm certainly not going to project him to be a five-out kind of player. But – I just feel like, I don't know if it's every draft, you get a guy who you're like, oh yeah, he would just be a great drop center, falling right into your projected range with the Bucks pick. And I think it's probably not a coincidence, right before we started recording, I checked the latest Ringer, which is just a couple days old, and ESPN, which is a bit older, and both of them mock Walker Kessler to the Bucks, which probably is, I'm going to guess, not Intel at this point, although you never know. Um, We'll see what happens draft day. I'll never forget Thon Maker just shooting up boards right to ten, like right before the draft, and we we're like, "Oh no, this is not this is not a guess." Hey, don't don't you fit.
2: disrespect my boy,
1: Thon Maker? I should say.
2: Yeah don't don't you talk don't you talk smack about Thon? Um,
1: but I do think just the the fit as a drop defender makes so much sense for for Kessler. And I'm fine if he's a little worse at other things. 4.6 blocks per game in 25 minutes. He just swats everything.
2: That, that's easy to do when you're a seven-footer in college. It, it wasn't for Coloco. Well, Coloco's not a seven-footer.
1: I thought he was – the sports ref has them both at seven one.
2: Oh, I think Coloco's a bit shorter.
1: He might be. Who knows with listing it. They're, they're both very big humans was, my, was one of my takeaways. Although I think Kessler does have like 20 pounds. I don't know. I think – He's a lot, uh, certainly way more limited on offense than – than uh, I think that he's more limited than Coloco. He's way more limited than a Brooke Lopez for sure. Uh, he's a really good role finisher, which I don't know how useful the Bucks would – how much use the Bucs would get out of that. But he shot 70% from two, still shoots nearly 61% from the field despite missing all of his threes. And he didn't take that many, but it was still a not insignificant portion of his shots, 1.5 threes per game basically eight shots per game for Kessler. So I I think certainly the tools are limited offensively, and that would be the hardest part to figure out. And that is ultimately why I moved him off of one on my list. But I just really like the defensive potential for a team that loves the drop. And I think especially get him working with Brook Lopez for a year or longer, but at least a year. And I really like the kind of player you could get long-term as your starting center, even if he's not your finishing center, which I think... Some people will be disappointed by that with this pick. I don't know. I think that's a pretty damn useful player at 24 overall.
2: Yeah. I think it's I think it's fine. I think it's funny that we both went with centers. Yeah. Uh, at the top. Near the uh, top
1: for me. At the top for you. Let's uh oh yeah. Yeah. Let, let's have Eugene. Who you split. got? Walk walk yeah. Christian Kuluk. I
3: was about to mention as well, I think um I would pick a center as well uh for the for my first uh, choice I haven't ranked my picks uh but if I did I think I would have uh either um Kessler or um Coloco uh I think I would prefer um I like both of them because you don't find um true bigs really easily Kessler is a true big uh, I'm not sure about Coloco I think Coloco is a little smaller but uh, I like um I like some things in both of them um in color like his uh, his suitability he um he does this uh, great but some of uh, some of Kessler's uh, defensive stats are incredible uh, his blocks uh, for example i don't know if if that can translate in the nba he looks like a guy that needs to put on some uh, weight needs to put on some muscle some muscles uh he needs to hit the the weight room with Yanis uh, and Pat uh, but um yeah, I think I would prefer um, a guard or a big for uh, the twenty-fourth big for the Bucks. So both of these guys would be nice, would be interesting, and especially Kessler. He's a seven-seven-footer, seven-seven-foot-one, I think. So it's not every day that you get a seven-footer uh, with some great um, defensive stats. So
2: yeah. It looks like you have Jordan Tresky in the making, dude.
1: Yeah, that was some impressive fence sitting, Eugene. So it looks like the ringer has this might be like combine stats. So they have Kessler at seven and a quarter inches tall. Let me see if I can find Coloco. I don't think he's at six,
2: ten point seven
1: foot. Oh wow. So he's not Okay, so they're both listed at seven one. Kessler's pretty close. Coloco, they were like they were like, yeah, just put down whatever number you want, man. That's three inches off. Like seriously,
2: yeah. Which yeah. is why it's like he, he plays a little undersized too compared yeah. to Walker.
1: Well, yeah, I was um, gonna say compared to Walker, but compared to he'd be a top one percent height for NBA players or yeah. close. Um, still, two big guys. It's not like you know we're talking about a, a you know six eight center or something like that. I, I do think Wall Kessler is bigger. Coloco is still big. So yeah. I kind of agree with Eugene that I wouldn't be super mad at either, but I do start to worry about pick value uh, given that I'm seeing Coloco go in like the thirties a lot. Yeah,
2: that's fair. Uh, should we go to number two on my board?
1: Real quick. Yeah. If the Pacers, you're John Horst today. Congrats. If the, you all could you be John all Horst. Be, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I, I hit my pop filter. <laughs> uh, GSPN.info, play the Bucks off season simulator. You too could be John Horst. This is not part of it yet. Uh, the Pacers call you. They say, hey, we'd like to move up a bit. We'll give you 31 and the Cavs' 20, uh, first pick in 23 for 24. What are you saying?
2: Um, So the Pacers are giving me 30 in exchange for 24. 31. And what? 31 in exchange for?
1: They're giving what? you 31 and the Cavs' first next year for 24.
2: I might take that. I really,
1: I so if I had to do it before the draft started, I honestly don't know. I think it would really come down to the wire. If I could see the board, I think that that makes the decision a lot different. Fair,
2: that's
1: fair. If, if my top two are gone, I take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, because that's just good asset management, and I think we talked about this last year. But thirty-one is a nice contract to have. You can actually save some money off rookie scale, although you lose some team control for that too. Hmm. But I think you could totally get Coloco at 31. So like your perfect draft, you do that. You pick up Coloco at 31. You sign him to a two- or three-year deal if you want to use part of the MLE. And then you get another first pick next year, which could be super beneficial.
2: Exactly. Anyway, next uh, yeah,
1: on your board. Oh, go ahead, Eugene. Yeah, yeah.
3: No, I, I think I, I would consider that. Yeah, but not before the draft, for sure.
2: Yeah. Okay, number two on my board, Ty. You're going to love this.
1: Marjan Bochev. Wow, really? I, yeah. I would be stunned if the Bucks took him, to be honest with you. Why do you say that? He's so raw. I just, <laughs> he's younger, I think. Uh, and I just thought he did not show he's me enough. He's almost 22. Is he really almost 22? So he's not younger. But I think he just seems so theoretical. And I don't want the Bucs to take him because I think he might be good. It's not that I don't I don't see the vision with Beauchamp. I don't think he would ever play. And I feel like we've just seen this movie with too many Bucks prospects who were like, oh, yeah, there might be something there. And I think Wara pro- might have played the most or had the most actual opportunity out of like the Wara-Sterling-Brown group. I know Sterling played in the playoffs a little bit, but it felt like never really had a consistent role and i could just see bochamp like or bochamp bochamp um like i think there'd be some flashes but i just if the team is fairly healthy and there were some vets i'm just not sure bud would ever play him and it would just feel like the classic frustrating like he gets one of his team options but not both picked up and he doesn't really play and then he goes to the raptors and everyone's like oh my god what a reclamation project this is i don't know i, I if he if he showed me more on ball creation or shooting. I think I'd be more in the fact that I didn't see enough of either makes me just worry that he wouldn't be productive enough early. And I kind of want someone who can play a little bit to start.
2: Okay. So let's, let's dive into who this guy is. He's yeah. uh, just a, just over six, five, 200 pounds, uh, almost 22 years old. Uh, he's athletic. He is like, he plays like a wing, not like a guard, but he has a great handle. Uh, he's capable of playing off ball in terms of coming off different actions. and like being able to be a secondary or tertiary creator. He's a good on ball defender. He is a good off ball defender. He's an intelligent defender. He is, uh, like he has a good wingspan, but he's also capable of fighting through screens in the sense that he's a very intelligent defender. Um, and you said he struggles as a shooter, which is fair. He has struggled as a shooter. The mechanics are there though. Like when you watch his jumper, it looks fluid. It looks quick. It looks crisp. And, uh, so I think the tools are there he did better in high school than he did with the ignite team uh, but I think I think there's something there. I've talked about before that I want someone on this box team who's just an athlete this dude's an athlete like if he can actually develop under you know just box University uh, is that what are we still calling it that
1: what did you what did you call it box box University I think we're just going with wing University.
2: Wing University? Yeah, okay. Wing U. If he can actually develop through a Wing University, that'd be incredible. Can you imagine this guy just being – he could be better than what Pat is now because he has a better handle. He has a better sense of the floor, a better vision. And he also has the tools that Pat has. He can be a great shooter. He can be a good, strong defender.
1: I like the vision. I just – I want players who are a little closer. And that's why that's really the bottom of my list is pretty much all guys who are like you can see, like, yeah, their their ninety percentile outcome is you'd love to have that guy at 24. But I just don't know what the percentage is they actually get there, and most crucially with the Bucks. And I think the Pat one is interesting because, you know, it's hard to not invoke Pat when you talk about young, unfinished product wings, because that's the that's what you dream about, right? And the Bucs did it once with one, with one unfinished wing player and so far really only one. I mean, Chris developed too, but in the Bud era primarily, it's been Pat is the guy who's really come along. And it's kind of interesting. This could almost be like a, maybe this is a post-draft, post-free agency, like the real meat of the offseason pod. But why did Pat work? Why did Pat get to play at first when he really wasn't that good of a shooter? Is it just... Defense and effort or the rebounding or what is it exactly? I'm not even sure, but I think you need to find enough of it, which is why I have a player who kind of reminds me a bit of Pat pretty high on my board because I think it would be easy. I'm intrigued by by Beauchamp, but I, if they drafted him, I think I'd be excited because I think it would signal to me that they feel good about him being the second guy to graduate from Wing U truly with the Bucks. Uh I just, I don't know. I'm just not sure I see it.
2: It's just, I I'm playing potentially. Yeah. And you got to take these risks when you're like this sort of a bucks team, right? Like if you're talking about the guys like Sterling Brown, like Jordan Wara, who didn't work out, why would you go down that same path again? At least try and get someone. It's like, Oh, this guy could pop, especially in a great system. Like he's going to be learning defense, like how to, how to navigate screens through Drew holiday. He's going to be learning offensive uh, role play through, uh, Pat Connaughton, he's going to be learning how to get shots off off the dribble from Chris Middleton. Like, come on, this is a great situation for good players to be, uh, to be, you know, sort of coming up in.
3: and I say uh, what I like about him, what I really like about him is his athleticism. And we were talking during the season that we did not have a lot of athletic wings, a lot of players that could, you know, foster uh, or uh, just... Jump high, high enough to grab a rebounder, and do some of the stuff that uh, it's needed. Because they had the Bucks had um, an, an a roster with um, older players, experienced players, and, and so when you have that, you add experience, you add some things like this. But if you lack like, uh, other things, and athleticism is huge in, in in the NBA today. So what I like him is about him is his athleticism. But I'm not convinced uh, by his shooting. Um, I don't think he has um, a lot to show other than his athleticism, but I agree with Rohan. if you you can trust him, you can work on him and you, you might have you might get a lot of great work out of him. So you never know with this type of guys.
1: Yeah, I, I think what's funny about you mentioning you know Sterling and and uh, Wara is it feels like they're kind of chasing the high of Brogdon with some of these older players who have played a few years. And I think that is the right – it's a good idea. I won't say the right idea. Like there's only one good idea with drafting. But I think it is a good idea to look for players like that. And I do think Brogdon was – I mean not that – he was older. He was a super old rookie. and They shouldn't necessarily always take really old rookies. But he was very polished when he came out. And I do think – I kind of disagree. I think going for guys like that is just fine. Even if they're already closer to their ceiling, if – their floor and ceiling are are pretty darn high overall. I don't have an issue with that. I would not be mad if the Bucks did but take even, a twenty two year old. Even the which,
2: Brogdon thing, it didn't work out. You left. Yes, it did.
1: Well, that 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 doesn't mean the pick didn't. That was a great pick.
2: Oh, it w- it was a great pick. Yes. Yeah. So yeah you're, you're I, I don't I'm think, talking about long term process. But that's not.
1: I, I think that's an unreal. That's a different issue. That's fair. That's, That's a different fair. issue. I just
2: – I don't know. I see I see guard with seven – like guard forward with like seven, one wingspan and get very excited.
1: That's fair. No, I, I but I just think like if they draft Brogdon this year, they're going to win a couple titles before they let him leave again. Yeah. I mean if, if someone the, walks in if the, the door – the Pacers
2: call, you just trade for Brogdon.
1: I just – I mean the, the money doesn't work. I know. That's why you got to draft. That's, honestly, I've been thinking about this. I think you can probably you, – you have a shot to win a title if you just like improve a bit around the margins and bring everyone back and stay healthy. I think you have a shot to be like a special team going forward if you can bring in a guy better than Brooke. That's like the – that's the line for the Bucks, right? You expect everyone they bring in, or at least I do. We should probably expect them to be worse than Brooke Lopez to not be the fourth best player on the team. If they can find someone better – or Brooke, Pat, whatever you want to decide that line is – if they could find someone better, whether it's really nailing this pick, I don't know how they'd find that player in free agency. My guy John Wall maybe? Who knows? Um, that's where I think that this next year could get really like, oh, man, what do they do here? So drafting Brogdon right now would be a fire. If they found that result, that would be great at 24 to me. But um, we'll just agree to agree agree to disagree on Marjan.
2: Yeah, I'll agree to agree with you as well. We can do that. We're, uh, we're both up- high on the big, so that's good. We are. Uh, next up on my list, number four overall on my big board, Dale and Terry. I'm shook by your order.
1: And some of the guys, the actually one guy you're dropping in particular.
2: Yeah, we'll get to it. I know who you're talking about.
1: So tell me about Evan Turner. I mean, Dale and Terry.
2: <laughs> I see I see the vision there. You're like, but would you say no to Evan Turner on this Bucks team? Like yes. prime Evan Turner?
1: Yeah. Why? I, I don't love the
2: fit. Why?
1: The thing about even like Beauchamp, going back to that, of like the part of his upside is like handling the ball. I don't know. Would this guy really handle the ball that much? I suppose if he's if he's good it's at like it off you're, rip.
2: You're comfortable when, if the ball gets to him, you're comfortable with them making a play. I think that's it. You want people capable of dribbling ball. Not necessarily like, oh, we're going to put this guy in positions where it's like, oh, okay, he's going to be the guy running the actions. It's going to be if the ball gets to him, are you comfortable with him making a play? And if not, he's not going to be playing
1: yeah,
2: that's that's the thing. So with Dale and Terry, you get a guy who's younger. He's sub 20. He's 19 years old right now, which John would be a first. is
1: throwing this card out of the room, saying
2: no shot. Uh, he is like a lot of the players who have are super high for me. Great on and off ball defender. He's a decent enough shooter. I might be pulling a number 37 in my justification here by saying he's shooting near 37% on spot up threes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I might've just talked myself out of it right now.
1: That's the, that's the thing with that. And the, he is tiny dude, not height wise, but strength wise.
2: Yeah. Six, six sub 200. I mean, I trust the Bucks training staff.
1: Yeah. He needs Suki, Pat and Giannis for sure.
2: I trust them enough where it's like, if you can get a guy with a solid frame, they can, do work with it and get this guy to where he needs to be so i'm not super worried about that i'm more worried about like is he too bad of a shooter yeah is he does he struggle too much getting to his spots is he just genuinely not strong enough is he not capable of putting on more muscle that's what i'm concerned about that's why you know he's below Champ for me because i feel like those guys are sort of similar builds but in the sense that uh, Terry's younger, but he has a lot more question marks in terms of his development track.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, you know, overall kind of quiet college production, which I know is certainly far from an end-all be-all, but it's something I kind of look at. Uh, just to see like what a player's been able to to do so far. When you're looking at, you know, this is the probably the premium player acquisition vehicle for the Bucks, a team certainly aiming to contend. I, I do want someone who's proven their production more. It's not like Terry did nothing, but it's just somewhat quiet younger player. The shot is a question mark concerns me a little bit. Like you, you don't want a guy. The problem with the the Evan Turner idea is like okay, if Giannis is kicking him the ball out to him, he doesn't want to shoot open threes, and he's now driving into a bunch of defenders who are, are coalesced around Giannis and Brooke, that's a, that's obviously not ideal. So I don't love the fit. I like a big playmaker. You know, the, the 100 percentile result is like probably Iguodala. Evan Turner is the pretty good result. The bad result is like Denzel Valentine, which nobody wants. Um, he's probably going to be... Better he's de- better defensively than Denzel. I shouldn't say that, but
2: um, just ragging on Denzel.
1: <laughs> hey man, he scored two more points per game this year than Ben Simmons. I'll say that much. I was arguing, I, it wasn't even arguing, but I was looking at years where the 14th pick was better than the first pick as part of a bit today in one of my group chats. And two years uh, in recent memory, it's happened. But okay. Denzel versus Ben is not one of the years I'm counting, by the way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, just, I don't actually believe that.
2: I don't know what's happening. but That was uh... a journey.
1: That's, uh, unless Eugene has a thought on, uh, on Terry, we can go to your next player. I, I, don't, I don't have too many more thoughts on aspirations of Evan Turner.
3: Um, I, I like him. I think he's, um, he's big for a guard. And I think I actually think Bud would like him too because bad prefers bigger guards and the backs have some big guards. And for example, let's see at the uh, playoffs, uh, he was picking George Hill, uh, instead of Carter, uh, fans were going crazy, but he did, I think he likes big, uh, big guards. And I think he can, um, he can become something. He can have a role similar to George Hills. Um, I don't know about his uh, his shooting though, uh, not not something to uh, go crazy about. And um, he also needs a lot of strengthening, as you mentioned. Um, he, I don't think he's on the top of my list, but I like uh, a couple of characteristics uh, of his, and I think he would actually fit in their in their system. Yeah.
1: It's a good point right. on big guards. Yeah, it is.
2: Uh, next up on my list is Christian Brown.
1: Ah, um, I just pulled up his uh, his sports reference. I had a feeling.
2: Uh, not just because it'd be cool to see another uh, Milwaukee athlete wearing B-R-A-U-N on the back of their jersey. Yeah. Uh, you know, shout out. Yeah. Uh, cr- check out cruising for a bruising, by the way. Also, check out GSPNstore.com if you're watching this on YouTube.
1: Uh, hey. Or
2: just anywhere. You, if, you know, or if, if you're not. not. No, it's like I, I showed something. Yeah. So yeah. Check, check that out. Uh, it's great, but, I confirm. <laughs> uh, so we got another another guy who's around like the 6'5", 6'6", range, uh, 205 pounds. He's 21 years old. He's a good defender. He's athletic. He has solid passing vision. He uh, fits the mold of uh, Pat Connaughton, Dante DiVincenzo, Grayson Allen uh, sort of build. Uh,
1: <laughs> I think he, so, I think he plays like Pat, but he looks like Grayson. Is my
2: take? I think, and he, he, has, I think he looks like all three of them, and he
1: has the, the resume of make. Dante.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: that's fair. Uh, which is it's good. You you can't you can't get uh, you can't have too many wings who are athletic and are capable of shooting well. That's just something where it's like if that's a guy, you're like, yeah, I wouldn't feel terrible about that pick. Yeah. What's what concerns me a bit is even though he has like solid shooting jobs, uh, his jumper is a little bit slow, which concerns me because it's like, how is that really going to translate to the game where defenders are a lot quicker in terms of their rotations? How are you going to work on like coming off pin downs or anything like that? There's a reason he didn't run a lot of those in college is because it's tough for him to get those types of shots off with his jumper. And especially the guy who's shooting like 73% from the free throw line, just someone who's build as like a shooter uh, as one of their strengths, that scares me when it's slow and it doesn't translate to the free throw line. He also does not really have that much of a game inside. He's not really a great finisher, uh, though I know you've talked about in your substack article about like, oh, we, we used to knock Pat for his finishing, but then he uh, managed to clean that up. We still need to figure out what Pat did last offseason. To finish really well, like this last season, bought a bunch of condos, time. and yeah, maybe maybe that's it. Maybe uh, the strength to go out and re refinish his new uh, apartment complexes is just like, <laughs> oh yeah, this is how you finish a layup. Like I don't know, I tried. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this this I might I might have him too high here. I feel the same like, way a little bit. I like the the archetype of player, just like a, an athletic wing. But he doesn't really excite me too much. He kind of
1: he kind of excites me. I, I mean it's a it's a boring ish pick. It would be a very bucksy pick an older player who excelled in the national championship game, all that. But I think
2: he's, he's quite the player.
1: Yeah, he's quite the player. Uh, he's a good rebounder. He shot really well from the field overall and from two despite not being a great finisher. I think the same way that you would bank in some strength improvements, I think the Bucks would probably help out a little bit with the shot. I think, honestly, as funny as it may sound, like working with Pat Connaughton, we're hoping that he resigns, would probably be great for Brown because I think Pat's form has gotten a lot quicker and more streamlined. And clearly that work, I don't know how much the Bucks were involved there, but clearly Pat would be able to impart some wisdom. I think the fact that he's not just a guy who shoots, he's, a very athletic player who has a jumper makes me a little less worried about the the exact shot mechanics concerns like if he was an okay athlete who shot like this it'd be like yeah okay not as interested i think what's funny is you read like the breakdowns or watch the scouting report videos or whatever and it'll be like oh he's going to struggle to become a creator in the half court and it's like is that really what you're looking for if you draft Christian Brown? I don't care. I, I don't ever want him trying to create in the half court. I'm fine if he never does that. He's a menace in transition, which is good. I think as effective as a lot of the Bucks are around Giannis in transition, I feel like there's not that many guys who will take the ball and pound it for the Bucks in transition outside of Giannis. So adding another one of those would be a nice thing, I think. And I like the shot. I, I like the fact that you can see kind of the role he would step into already, I think you could project him to probably be a better defender than Grayson at some point, hopefully. He does have a minus wingspan of an inch, which sucks. I think if he had a big wingspan, I'd be a lot more excited. Um, I could see myself moving him down my my board as we get closer to the draft, but I do think like a safe, solid pick I would not be upset with.
3: Uh, I think he looks like people compare him to Pat Conaton, but i think he actually um i think Grayson is closer to him than Pat is um but if you draft him then you have three similar players um that's what uh, doesn't sit uh, well with me because
1: maybe you do well, let's let's see how this offseason goes could be only oh. one of those guys after after oh. this offseason but yeah. I, I see, yeah, I see what you're that, saying.
3: Go ahead. Yeah, that's a huge possibility. But let's assume they keep Grayson because he has a contract at the end of the, at the yeah. end of the day. So I think it doesn't make, make a lot of sense getting a guy up there with similar characteristics to Pat and Grayson. Um, yeah, I'm not, um, I don't love, I don't love, uh, him as a player, but I think he cannot. If he can learn from Pat, uh, he can he can become great. He can become a Kevin Herder Herder, in my pronouncing pronouncing it right. Yeah. The Hawks. Uh, yeah. He this is as out
1: as you've been on any of these guys, I think.
3: Yeah. Yes. Um, because simply because I think we have similar players. Uh, he doesn't um, offer anything different. For example, um, great defense or uh, crazy athleticism like some guys that we talked about before. So, yeah. He can become a Kevin Herder, but he can become a Dante DiVincenzo very easily. And I don't think if we can experience a second uh, Dante around here.
2: Uh, as
1: long as he doesn't tweet at me, I think I... I don't know. It's not a bad <laughs> result with a 24th pick, but I see what uh, you're saying.
2: Uh, John Hollinger is super high on Dante. <laughs> oh, God,
1: yeah. $15 million a year for Dante DiVincenzo. It would be
2: hilarious. Uh, that's, that's too funny. Next up next up on our list, what number are we at? six, Yeah, sixth overall on uh, my big board is Tari Eason. Oh, my. Is this a bit? No. I don't Why do you think understand it's a bit? how far EJ Liddell is dropping. We'll talk about it. Oh, my goodness. We'll talk about it. Uh, Tari Eason. He's a little bit bigger. He's like 6'8", 220 pounds, uh, 21 years old. An insane, insane defender on and off ball. He thrives also in the open floor in terms of like if you can run out on the break, he is going to like cause havoc getting to the rim. He's so long, he's so athletic. I think he's, he's also capable of kicking anything out. Go ahead. So sorry. I think he's the
1: most athletic of the eleven players in the open court.
2: Yes. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but that sort of can play. I also wrote uh, in my prose. I literally wrote, he got he got that dog in him. <laughs> He, he does like he, he plays with an intensity where like, yeah, you want this guy on your team. I feel like he's going to project to be one of those guys where it's like you hate playing against him, but if he's on your team, you'll love it. I'm not saying he's going to be like Kyle Lowry or Marcus Smart, but he has the capability of playing like one of those guys in terms of intensity, in terms of effort, in terms of just like, uh, getting in the opposing team's head. I think he can do that. Uh, where you start start to lose it a little bit is like he has kind of a loose handle. You don't really want him dribbling the ball for prolonged periods of time, uh, which is, you know, if if all the time he's going to be handling is in the open court, that's fine. I'm fine with that, but he can develop it. Uh, I also, he plays well as a center, uh, which is kind of tough considering he's not even six, uh, he's like six, seven, six, eight, and he's kind of, it's kind of skinnier. Like that's going to be tough in the NBA. Like, you can, you can get away with that sort of stuff in college because you have overwhelming athleticism. But at the NBA level, I don't necessarily know how that's going to translate. And even at the collegiate level, he struggled with fouls. That's going to be a tough, tough scene in the NBA uh, for Eason, considering, like, like I just said, he's going to be, like, a lot smaller than a lot of the players he's going to be going up against. But I do think the athleticism, uh, just the defensive prowess is there. And that's that's the upside pick in terms of uh, like, can you develop an offensive game for this guy uh, while also having the skill of defense already there? That's that's the question. Do you want to do you want to actually like sort of get a guy who doesn't have much of an offensive skill set, but is also like an elite defender? Or do you want to sort of a mix of both from the jump?
1: Yeah, he does have a, a strong wingspan. For me, I think the main issue with, with Eason was I just don't know what he's gonna do on the Bucks on offense. Like I think defensively for sure, like it's it's all there. And I think there is a lazy Kawhi Leonard comp you could make here just because he has his hands are almost as big as Kawhi's. And Kawhi has insane hands, so does Eason for his height. I think it's you know, he's gonna be a weapon in transition. He's going to be, I think, a very strong defender at at the very strong, like at the minimum. I would be shocked if he did not become a good NBA defender or above average, at least. I just don't know what he's going to do on offense. The shot is like questionable. The handle is questionable. I just feel like a player like that, you know, when you go small, it's easier. And we've certainly seen the Bucks accommodate players who aren't great shooters before. But I just don't know if if you're a little worried about him being like the, you can't say stretch four, but the power forward with Giannis at the five, I just don't know what the role really is. Like if he's not going to be one of your two quote unquote bigs, I don't know if he's going to provide enough offensively. So that's my biggest concern with him. But I mean, I like this as a project better than Bochamp. Like I think, I think I see it more here and I like the tools a lot. And if he did become like a 37% free-throw shooter, then it's like, okay, this is like a a Grant Williams-ish kind of player, which is...
2: becomes a 37% free-throw shooter.
1: Oh, sorry, three-point shooter. (laughs) If he becomes a 37% free-throw shooter, then uh, I'm going to see him in Oshkosh a lot.
2: You might not even see him in Oshkosh tie. Yeah, it's it's a good point. I'm excited for the Herd this season, though. You know what player he reminds me of? Who? Jaden McDaniels. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's probably a good comp. He's less polished on the offensive end obviously but just the the defensive skills are there and it's not like McDaniel's is like a, like a star on the ball or anything but yeah. if he can become that sort of player that'd be that'd be kind of cool but would that player
1: help the Bucks that much I don't know that's the question because I mean like with Cat and and Delo and Ant I mean Ant's not a great shooter but I feel like Cat is one of those players who's just like spacing is just so much easier and different because he doesn't need to be obviously anywhere near the paint to be effective. I don't know. That's again, that's my hang up. I just think it's not that I don't think Tar Easton's is going to be a good player. I just don't know if he's going to be a good player within
3: the box.
2: That's fair. I think that's fair.
3: Yeah. I, I he's one of the guys that I haven't really checked on. But um, from what I've seen, I, I know that he's athletic. As I said before, I would love for the Bucs to get an athletic guy this, uh, in this draft. Um, now, yeah, I get the concerns about his offensive role. If they keep Bobby, then he can play in some schemes with as a he as a four and Yannis as a five, and um, uh, play some nice defense. But I don't know how they can work his, his offense out. Um, Uh, I don't think he was a great three-point shooter, around 35%, right?
1: Yeah, I think like 36 his second year.
3: 36, yeah.
1: Yeah, 35.9, 24% his first year. But it's kind of funny. He shot 57% from free throws, a freshman in Cincy, and then 80% his his sophomore year. So whichever of those numbers ends up being more accurate is going to say a lot about Tari Eason's potential, I think.
3: Yeah, and free throws are... uh, an indicator, I think, uh, for what he's going to see later in mid uh, in the mid-range a- area. Yeah. At least it can be an indicator. Um, yeah, he, he I think he's an interesting project, as you mentioned, Ty. Um, he's certainly an interesting choice. I wouldn't pick him, necessarily, but I can see why uh, the Bucks could do something like that.
2: He's the most PJ Tucker-esque player. Is he? Uh, I Maybe. think out
1: of these eleven, it's close. I'd say yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay, yeah. Rohan. Okay. Next up is Jalen Williams. No way! What? what? Come on! Oh my
3: <laughs>
1: God! Let's let's just get through Jalen Williams. I I I don't even have that much <laughs> on Jalen Williams.
2: So Jalen Williams, another 6'6 guy. He's a little strong, a little more weight. Two thirty five pounds. Twenty one years old. Great handle, great as a playmaker, but he's also capable of playing off ball, which is going to be a lot of his uh, role if he was to be a Milwaukee Buck. Uh, One thing I love about Jalen is that he is a great cutter. Uh, That is one thing I've uh, wanted on the Bucks for a long, long time. Someone who is really, really intelligent in terms of reading defenses and knowing where to position themselves. He is great at that. He's also an engaged defender. Uh, That doesn't necessarily mean he's the best defender because he can get – Beat off the dribble a little bit because he doesn't have much of a burst. Uh, he's not an like a super athlete or anything, uh, so he can sort of get uh, beat off the dribble in that sense. Uh, lost defensively, in that sense. It's not going to be lost in terms of you're not going to get beat like he's not going to beat you on defense by uh, you know like getting lost or being inattentive or anything. It's literally going to be physical capabilities. That's what's going to lose him, uh, which is why he's super low uh, on my board in the sense that, you know, he can be a good defender. I think the offensive upside is really promising in the sense that he can have the ball in his hands. He cannot have the ball in his hands. And either way, he's going to be very, very effective. Just the vision, the court vision is there. Uh, Like the basketball IQ is off the charts. So that's that's the upside there. Uh, But just like a lack of a burst is really the downside there.
1: Yeah, I certainly agree. I think I, I I generally like taking bets on players like this who you know from the wing position can can pass the ball. He had basically a two assist a turnover, which is pretty pretty darn strong, especially considering the scoring he did. His effect, his efficiency from two has been consistent. Was not playing the highest level of competition at Santa Clara. It is worth saying, but the tools are there. I think for me, I have him fairly low. A combo of the burst thing, which you just never know how much that will impact a player, especially, like I said, if he is at Duke or whatever and going up against at least better NCAA guys, I think I'd buy in a little more. It's a slightly bigger question mark for me playing in the West Coast Conference. I mean, you get Gonzaga, but after that, it's you know not the best teams. They're going up against Portland and San Diego and whatever else. Um, the other thing for me is the shot, which is why I dropped him a bit. It looked really good his junior year from all sorts of different looks. But a guy who shot 35% his freshman year, then 27% on less volume. He missed, or didn't play as many games his sophomore year. And then 396 this year. So maybe he's just discovered something. He's been a pretty good free throw shooter all along. Maybe that's just here to stay. Um, I think he is a good shooter. I'm just not 100% sure. So that, combined with the pop issues, just made me question him a little bit. But I would like the upside on this gamble
2: for Milwaukee.
3: I think he isn't he a good catch and shoot uh three point shooter. 44. I think
2: percent on catch and shoot threes.
3: Yeah, that's that's great. Um he it, this could work out for the Bucks. Uh, I mean, he's catch uh, and shoot uh, three point shooting. Um but um yeah, as you mentioned, uh, I would be a little concerned of his uh, uh lack uh, of quickness um but um, I, I've seen him play uh, not, not, not see him play live but um, I saw some mock drafts and I think he's higher He they have him around 15 to 16 the ringer I think has him uh, 18
1: yeah they um, have him 18 right now to what team is this to I don't
3: know somewhere it's weird because they value him pretty highly um, but um, I don't really see why um, I think I would compare him to OG Anunobi, maybe um, not very quick, but um, he can do a lot of uh, a lot of stuff around the court. Um, also an interesting choice for the backs. Uh, yeah, I think he's one of the best choice I they have.
2: The Bucks are. They have a. They have a first round pick and might take someone who's uh, like OG Ananobi. Ananobi, are we trading oh for Grievous
1: Vasquez again? Oh don't even bring that up, man. You know. You know I don't want to hear about that. About that ah. trade ever. Um, he is mocked by the Ringer, twenty one to the Nuggets, who would be a fun player to play with Jokic. Would also I think be a fun player to play with Giannis. I. I I could see myself moving up Jalen a spot or two. Someone I, who can I, create his own shot
2: is really cool. It is nice. At this at this, uh, at this this pick.
1: But I would just like someone who I trust to do it a little bit more, I think. But he did lead his team in assists the last two years, so it's not like he's no slouch with the ball.
2: Yeah, it's just the defense that's concerning to me. Otherwise, he'd be higher because yeah. he has everything else you'd need. It's just the defense. The defense is here. Uh, the issue. Okay, Ty, let's talk about EJ Liddell.
1: Okay, I was going to say, if you have – if you have Jovich or Baldwin above E.J. Liddell, I'm going to flip a table. I could see Kennedy Chandler, who I fell in love with during the, the sc- my very short scouting process. So why do you hate E.J. Liddell is my first question. <laughs> my top prospect to me. I
2: don't, I don't hate him, to be clear. I have no personal qualms with E.J. Liddell. I don't I'm think, sure think he's that's a great <laughs> Um. So here's the thing, right? Yep. So this guy. Very, very small to be playing as a big six seven. Uh, he has a clunky handle. He's like I said, he's undersized from what I've seen from his college. He is relying on overpowering college opponents, which you are not going to be able to do in the NBA. Uh, poor like 76% from the free throw line does not bode well for his 37.4% from deep. Uh, this last season, junior year
1: 76 isn't bad. It's not great. That's about where most players we've looked at have been
2: at. I know, and I've said how I'm concerned about their shot. Okay, fair. So that's there. I don't know what he's going to do at the NBA level.
1: I think that despite I, – I don't know. I mean the shot is certainly – it's it's a question mark with all these guys. I just found myself buying into it. I like that. He has good touch. He has this really weird floater, but he tends to just make them. I mean, he's pretty efficient at Ohio State, 54% from two, 37.5% from three, as you mentioned this last year. But I, I think his offense is sort of a question mark. The reason I like him so much is I think he could figure it out. He see, I mean, he scored 19 and a half a game, and I think a lot of it was from the post. He's That's
2: bigger. Like again, yeah. he's, he's a lot of it was post work. What is he going to do that on the bucks? No,
1: he's not. He's not going to do that. But I think the fact that he some of it was size, but he also has touch around the basket, which I think can translate to finishing eventually.
2: Sure, but he needs the size to get to those spots though, which he's not going to have.
1: Most players on the Bucks have space to operate in.
2: Like, are you are we clearing out for EJ Liddell here? No, I'm saying I'm saying he
1: off a of catch he goes to the rim. I'm not drawing up plays for him. I look at him as an off-ball player, but the the upside is defensive. He is like he's listed at six seven. I think his actual height is like six six, so he's not he's not very tall, um, six five and a half, But he has nearly a seven foot wingspan. He makes insane chase down blocks. He's pretty athletic. I think Eason is more athletic, but EJ is is pretty darn athletic as well. And I think Liddell is a very good rebounder who grabbed about eight per game. 2.5 assists, so he moves the ball a little bit. 2.4 turnovers, probably because he's in the damn post all the time. But I see a player who I think would be a great fit with Giannis, mostly defensively, to enable those smaller lineups, especially if you can figure out the offense. And at least he's taken some threes per game. He's connected on a decent amount. That's clearly going to be the big swing skill for him. And if he doesn't develop it, he's never going to be an impact player for Milwaukee. But if he does, I think he could have a huge impact. I think I have him first because I think EJ Liddell is an okay three-point shot and decent finishing at the rim away from providing the biggest impact out of any of these players to Milwaukee. I think realistically, like, yeah, if if Bochamp is Paul George Jr., then he's bigger. But I think The realistic development, the 80% result or whatever, I think Liddell has the most to offer.
2: I don't know why I'm just out.
1: It's fascinating to me. When I saw the clips, I was like, this guy would be so fun next to Giannis on defense because he just goes and gets the basketball, whether it's blocking a shot or grabbing a rebound. And I think the the 4-5 there would just be monstrous. Again, as with many of these players, offense is the question mark and it's a significant one honestly almost every player that we're talking about like it's a lot of defenders which maybe is good for the bucks keeping the pick the bucks like these kind of players Um, but i am really high on him as a four slash five
3: i also like his uh, defensive abilities i think he is an amazing wing protector if you see his videos you can tell he's had he has a great uh footwork uh defensive footwork you can see how he times his blocks he's really good at that and especially the uh, the uh, how do you call it? The, the break uh, the blocks on the break um uh, again I, I understand why Rohan has some questions he's not that big for his position um and I also I, I can see him working with Giannis in um smaller in a smaller uh, lineup. But I don't know how they can use him offensively. Um, he um, he's also not bad away from the basket. Uh, he's not going to be killed by the by smaller and quicker guards. Um, I like this about him. So, um, for example, I think he would be better than Portis in this um, part of his game. But I can see why 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 Rohan has some questions. Um, I think he would be my number one if I had to to make a list as well. Um, Flaiming the dub. Simply because of his defensive um, powers. Because uh, he's the first player, I think, today that we can say that, yeah, he's a good defender. uh, So you can trust him to play some defense. Don't know about his offense, though. But he can work this out. I think they will have to find some more scoring from, from their guards this season uh, either way. So it will be interesting to see if he can work out with uh, his backs team. Again, I think he's going to be drafted, be drafted quickly uh, earlier, but I hope he, he goes uh, to the backs.
2: I... <sighs> So I, I understand why you guys have him so high. Don't get me wrong; I'm not ignorant. Okay? Like I, I understand. You're ignorant. I just okay, sure. Uh, tweet a tie saying he's ignorant. Uh, that's how this works, right? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, I just whenever whenever I see him play, I see a guy who's just it's not going to thrive at this level. Like the tools are there. I recognize the tools that are there. I just see a lot of him leveraging his size. That's just not gonna work.
1: Do you know who else is six foot five ish with a six eleven and a half wingspan?
2: Rohan, not
1: me. No, I I wish me. PJ Tucker.
2: I I, I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah. Uh,
1: Do you really think? No, I I don't think he plays that much like PJ. But I just think that there is some evidence for a player with those measurables being able to play big even if they're not that big by NBA standards. Okay,
2: him and who else?
1: Well, I'd have to look through a whole list now. It's, it's unfair to throw the who else. There's a Bucks example.
2: Okay, Pat, but I
1: think... Pat plays bigger than his height.
2: Do you, you want to use Pat in a P.J. Tucker rule?
1: No, you're just saying players who can use... What about... How tall is Bam? And no, I'm not oh. saying that this... That... Uh, Liddell is going to be Bam. Bam is like six nine and plays center.
2: Yeah, but Bam's also like defensive player of the year worthy. Yeah, and I don't think Liddell will be. And but I, like, and can run an offense.
1: Well, yeah. Again, I'm not comparing them as players, but you just asked for players who are shorter with big wingspan That's and true. Who can okay, that's true. Thrive that's true. physically,
2: but those players rely on being superb at what they do.
1: I just don't see that with Liddell. I see the vision. Defensively. Offensively, it would be I think the best comp with PJ is the similar size and the fact that it's like the defense is great, the offense we need to figure out. That's the that's true. That's the end of the PJ comp. I don't think they're the same player, but I think that's the role the Bucks would be in with these guys.
2: That's fair. That's fair. Uh are you happy we got through EJ? You
1: yeah, I have one time. I have one more player I really care about, then we can speed through the last two. I, I hope we have the same last two. We might not, no, actually.
2: Might, we don't. Oh my God. Next is uh, Jovic. I knew you'd Go have Jovic. Jo- You're going to have Jovic,
1: Chandler, Baldwin. Yes. <laughs> You're sick. What Jovic, what, really?
2: He's such a good playmaker. I know. Like, you have to be really, really good at something. He's really, really good as a facilitator. Like, the rest of it's not great. Don't get <laughs> me wrong. That's why he's so low. But there's yeah. p- Like, he's already great at something. Yeah. I don't know. I like him too. Thank you.
3: I think I think it's worth the risk. Um, I don't think he can come in and play right away. But when you have a guy that um, has a great background and you look at him and people compare him to Jokic, um, even if he never reaches the potential of Jokic, even if he's at 70% of Jokic's uh abilities or sixty-five percent or sixty percent, he's still gonna be a good player for the backs. Um I like the risk with these European guys. Um sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, but when they work they usually are pretty good pretty good players. Um he's a great passer. Um he can score from mid range as well. Uh, I like him. I think he's the kind of player that it's worth the risk, certainly. Certainly. I
1: just for a guy who you just know is not going to be ready in a year, maybe two years, and maybe he comes over, but I mean, ready to actually play. Uh, I just don't. I just don't. I just don't see the Bucks being able to really get the most out of him. I, I'm going to be interested to watch his career, but it's like, it's like highly touted, probably more skilled, younger Mamu and we're just seeing like it's been really hard for them i think to figure out how mamu fits and i think it would be with yovich too um, you know who
2: he reminds me of like in terms of like pick and like where he would go like really well who uh shengun it's like mm. if you go to a team like the rockets just yeah. like super like they'll take anyone and let them do whatever they want he'd be great for those teams just not on the bucks but i think I he'd, do, be, I, yeah.
0: he'd be a
1: fun spur Ooh. they're not one of those teams but they have three first and I think that they'd be fine. I mean obviously Spurs love euros who can pass that is like literally that's 100 percent yovitch right now and that's all that's all that you're getting for sure he but can't, you he can't that.
2: even score like himself he'll set no. other people up but like it's just like that that's it that's it you're it'd, not getting anything else it'd be crazy
1: <laughs> if the Thunder drafted him at 30 Chet at two. And then they had like a Chet, Paku, Jovic lineup.
2: That'd be amazing.
1: It would get outscored by a billion. Um, I'm intrigued by Jovic. It'd be fun, though. It would be fun.
2: Then they can get Wemby.
1: Oh, God. Wemby is a a monster.
2: Uh, But Yeah, second to last penultimate on my board, like you said, Ty, is Kennedy Chandler.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised by this. He's too small. Yeah, 5'11 without shoes.
2: You're going to get picked on no matter what. It's just like, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sure. He can fight DJ Augustine fought.
1: No, that's not, let's not. I know the bucks have only had one other tiny point guard in recent memories. Let's not do this.
2: Okay, sure. Like defense wasn't the only problem with DJ Augustine. I know. And that's the, that's the
1: difference between the players. Kennedy Chandler, you talked about one skill, the way he finishes, like the, the looks he generates, the looks he converts, I should say at the rim are very intriguing he gets downhill he floats it off the glass he converts he's young I don't know I don't think the bucks would ever
2: percent on floaters though
1: well yeah I mean that's the you has to build out his range
2: that's like if you're if you're that small and you're shooting that poorly on floaters what do you do layups and passing in the end at the NBA level. He's not that like he I wrote he's asked he's fast as F boy, but like he's not that fast. I think he's got a good I don't know. I
1: like him. I liked what I saw. The clips really sold me.
2: It's just like apologies to all the short kings out there, but like just your size just discredits you. It's kind of rude of you. <laughs> it's I don't know. I don't like like I recognize you, we love you, just not at this level.
3: Yeah, I think he's too small. Exactly. I don't think but ever going to pick a guy like him.
1: I don't either. I don't think they'll ever take him. Uh, I'd be really surprised. He is probably the most likely guy to fall to like 50. And everyone like me is like, how could this happen? It's because he's 5'11". That's how.
3: He's also not a great, great pull-up shooter, I no. think. He can't shoot. So, that's
1: the big, that the pull-up threes are a huge issue for him. Small
2: guy who can't shoot and can't hit floaters. That's 50% just, that's, from two,
1: though. That's a, no a red flag. Dog. He can shoot. He can't shoot pull-up. He shot 38% from three. He's a good catch-and-shoot player. Do you want a Bucks point guard off the bench shooting pull-up threes
2: anyway, quite honestly? I want them to be able to. Yeah, I guess. 60% from the free-throw line also.
1: Yeah, it's a concern. He didn't get there very often, which makes sense, given the size. It's a small sample. It's all small samples. He only played one year. Uh, Small sample, because he's small. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
2: Nice. Last on both of our lists is uh Patrick Baldwin Jr. Hurts man. It hurts our boy. Our boy, he went to UW Milwaukee. Uh He's going to be the for... last
1: player on any first round mock draft to go there after how it went.
2: Yeah, it didn't go great. <laughs> it didn't... I mean, he, he played for his dad. His dad was the coach. Stag his his fired. fired. Yeah. 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 Uh just a just a tough scene. Like this guy is like Michael Porter Jr if you tried to draw him from memory like his basketball ability, <laughs> and also just like fully took away his hamstrings, his knees his back and just everything there's so a basically u- you're left you're left with the six nine guy who knows how to who knows how to shoot a basketball doesn't know how to make it go in but knows how to shoot it.
1: there's a universe where he is Paul George, but we just don't live in it I
2: think there's a lot of universes where he's not Paul George
1: oh uh, yeah. I think there's one where he is. I think like there's some the 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 traits, the tools, whatever. Like there's clearly something there that like oh yeah, like the way he plays, he should be good, but he's just not. And I just don't think he would ever be on the bucks.
2: No, just like he's a he's a ball stopper, like ball stopper. Just like again, is that a product of him playing for his dad in college? Maybe. What a uh,
1: terrible series of decisions went into his year before the draft.
2: Just like. He's not a willing passer, not efficient. Like, he can get shot. Like, theoretically, he's incredible, right? Because he's 6'9". He can get a shot. Is he off literally Jalen Johnson? He might. I was going
1: to say, like, a team should do what Atlanta did and take him and put – That's pretty much what you have to do, I think, with Pat Baldwin is you draft him and you literally just put him on your G League team the whole year because he's not going to be ready to play. But I was like, oh, yeah, Atlanta did that with another player who played in Milwaukee and is, I think, very similar. I think Jalen Johnson's better. Um, unfortunately, just got injured. But uh, yeah, I think if the Bucks drafted Patrick Baldwin Jr., it would be a disaster.
2: He had like one. Of, he had like some of the lowest athleticism measures at the combine ever. Like his broad jump was comparable to Vucevic. <laughs> oh God! Uh, Look how we massacred no burst, our boy. No burst, no bounce, or any semblance of athleticism whatsoever. Is he still locked in the first? Probably not.
3: I think he's shocked. around 33 or 34.
1: Yeah, he's not 30 in uh in the mock draft uh that KOC did. I'll see if I don't know if their big board goes lower or not. I mean, uh, yeah, he I, is
2: 34 on KOC's big board.
1: Yeah, it's honestly a little high. Yeah. The first word is theoretical. I think that describes him
3: perfectly. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. I was about, about to mention that. You guys both mentioned the word theoretical and I would I couldn't agree more. K-
1: KOC's big board goes to thirty-eight. I guess who does a thirty-eight player big board?
2: Uh, Kevin O'Connor. That's such a weird number.
1: KOC. I think shout he's out added you.
2: players as he's gone along.
1: I suppose. Okay, it makes sense. I, I mean, think I, he
2: started at thirty and added players. I
1: did an eleven-player big board, so I guess I'm not really in a position to to call it out too much. Just
2: <sighs> yeah, I I wish he was good, man. I know, but sadly, it's just. Like, is he current Michael Porter Jr.? Like, not even like drawn from memory, but like, is he current? Because he can't play. <laughs> I
1: was gonna say, I was yeah. If you mean with the injuries like factored in, yes, probably.
2: That's uh, sad.
1: If the Bucks who's are gonna,
2: the guy? Yeah, who's a guy the guy you wish would fall? Both of you. I
1: I don't think it's realistic, but I was literally just about to say before you mentioned that if there's a player who played college in Wisconsin who the Bucks are going to draft, I'd much rather it somehow be Johnny Davis.
3: Be, I was about to say great. the same.
1: Yeah, uh, and that's yeah. real from Eugene because he's not has no care for Wisconsin College. What I assume, maybe you do. Who knows? I would assume not. Um, I don't think he gets past the Cavs because he's like he'd be a really good Cav. I think I trust his defense a lot, and there's a lot of offense there. But he'd be a really fun pick for the Bucks.
2: I'd say AJ Griffin, wing player. Yes, yeah, scoring wing. Uh, like he's, he might, the thing is he might fall cause he has a history of knee and ankle injuries. So there's a chance potentially, maybe I doubt it considering he's mocked usually in the teams.
1: Yeah. 10 like, at 10 at KFC's big board.
2: Just that'd be, that'd be so he'd be so good. He's the prospect I'm the highest on.
1: Mark Williams, the center. Have either of you guys looked at him at all? I keep hearing about Mark Williams. Just, I, I love the name Mark Williams. I know. It would be fun if a a nice center prospect fell.
2: Yeah, I just don't see it. Him falling? Yeah.
1: Yeah, There's going to be someone though, right? I mean, even we talked about, Eugene mentioned a few times, like we don't expect some of these guys to make it to the box. Like Liddell is 18th, mocked right now. Jovic 20, Jalen Williams 21. Somebody, Somebody that we're looking at is probably multiple players will, but even the ones we don't expect. Like I don't think Liddell will be there, but you just never know. Um, or someone else like Ty Ty Washington has really been moving around a lot. That would be kind of a fun – if you're going to talk about point guards, I think that would be a really fun pick. I don't expect that to happen, but it could.
3: It could? I don't know. Uh, I think Little uh, has, a, has a chance to fall uh, because of his offensive uh, yeah. limitations. Um, Johnny Davis can also drop. But it's not going to be huge, I think.
1: Not that far. Yeah. I would be stunned. I mean, you never know. It's the draft; crazy stuff happens.
3: But I saw some people having him in the twenties. That would be crazy.
2: Yeah, that'd be that'd be crazy. I'm looking. Mark Williams has a seven-seven wingspan. He's oh huge,
1: dude. Apparently,
2: he's got God, pretty good touch. Haircut.
1: Yeah, people have been penciling him into Charlotte for forever. But if Charlotte wants to mess around and uh, trade for uh, what's it called? Uh, Gobert or uh, Miles Turner, still alive. Oh yeah, yeah, easy to forget. I was reading the uh, Jake, Jake Fisher's James. piece. Yeah,
2: he's a uh, he's building Lego version like Darth Vader of himself, but it's like his his face on Darth Vader and Legos. Have you seen, have you guys seen them? No, I,
1: I've seen. It's, it in, it's incredible. I think he's had some sus TikToks.
2: He's, had, he's done a lot of sus things.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's kind of too out here. I actually don't think I want him on the box.
2: I think I don't want him in Charlotte. <laughs>
1: I don't care about Charlotte.
2: I mean, like, look at what Miles Bridges is doing. <laughs> that'd be a fun collab. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that'd be that'd be wild. Um, let's uh, let's let's go through our, uh, our big board. I was
1: actually this. gonna say Finally. let's let's do it this way, uh, and then we can wrap. Let's go, let's share the line where we'd want the Bucks to make the pick versus trading down or trying to trade it for someone. 31 is literally the line. No, 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 no. I mean, out of the 11 players.
2: Oh. Like, at what
1: point? Because, I mean, there's a universe where as much as we'd like them to take it, if all the guys we like are gone, I am sub- I mean, I don't know. Maybe you think differently. I would rather have them traded at that point than take someone that we don't really think is going to be good.
2: I think they should make a pick regardless. Okay. I just, I really, I just want them to make a draft pick. <laughs> like, a solid draft pick. Like... I don't. I don't care who. Just make the pick. So I'm I don't not, only I'm want really trading it.
3: Yeah, I don't only want them to draft a player. I actually want to see them play a rookie. Yeah. After a lot of a lot of seasons and after Don't I think they haven't really given a role to a rookie.
1: Yeah, I suppose I agree, I, I'd have to go pretty low. I think anyone besides Jovic and Baldwin I'd, on this list, I'd be and Chandler. I'd be okay with Chan. I think it'd be fun. I don't think they would ever take him. Nah, it's a no for me. So Don. You're, if Kenny Chandler goes 19, you're pumping your fist. Yeah, that would be good. That'd be wild. <laughs> like we need we need Pat Baldwin to be this year's Don. Oh God, Pat Baldwin, go to the Hornets and just mess up the whole draft, please.
2: That it's would possible, be. Though. These things are possible. It is possible. Someone's going to talk themselves into it, aren't they? Probably Maybe. I don't know. I don't know about that one.
1: I don't but, know. But like, what if the Hornets love Coloco? And then it's like, whoa, how long does Mark Williams go? Because not that many teams draft centers. I don't know. A draft could get the interesting. the Bucks trade up? I was thinking about that. I'd be pretty surprised. Because what are you going to give
2: up? Seconds? I don't know how far that gets you. I don't. I don't think it really moves the needle that much. Yeah,
1: I mean the Bucks. They have one Pacers second left, which is probably their only second anyone really cares about.
2: Yeah, plus whatever they got in the Dante trade. Oh yeah, it's a good point. Hold on, I
3: think trade trading with OKC for the thirtieth pick.
2: Give us Jamichael Green too. Why not?
1: <laughs> Kenny Hustle. Well, yes. Kenny oh yeah. Him too.
2: <laughs> just just give us all that stuff.
1: <laughs> Richard, 24 for 30, and one of those two forwards.
2: Uh, it would have to be. It have to be uh, Kenrich Williams. Then,
3: yes, I agree with uh, Rohan.
2: Could move some salary out. You gotta get. You gotta get your Michael Green. Like he just got to OKC. You gotta give him a year.
1: His contract's up incredible. in a year. They'll probably trade him in February. Grayson, yeah, Grayson, and 24 for 30, and Kenny Hustle.
2: I think that's selling. Nah, I don't
3: know. No, I don't think they will be interesting in in getting a player back. I think they yeah. will just ask for something like, uh, but then you have to trade someone to make the salary. Yeah, or,
1: George Hill. That's basically the way of George yeah. Hill. That would be just the money. Just send
3: George back to Oklahoma. Oh, poor George.
2: Again. <laughs> yeah. Poor
1: guy. Um, the Bucks' second stink. So, The less favorable of next year's second between Cleveland and Golden State. So that is in the 50s for sure. Like it's one of those two teams is going to be pretty damn good. Uh, 24 from Portland is pretty good. 25 from Indiana. So they have two solid incoming seconds plus their own seconds in 23, 24, 27, and then from there on. But their own seconds near term are going to have little value because everyone knows the NBA will just take them.
2: Exactly, um, but yeah, I don't see them trading. I don't really see them trading up. I could see them trading down to maybe thirty-one. If
1: but. they did that, I wouldn't be that mad. If they trade down to fifties again, I'll be pretty upset. I'd be upset. I'd be upset. I'd be very upset.
3: I'm so afraid they, they are actually going to do that.
1: I know. I. It, it's going to be fascinating. I'll say that. And if they if they get uh, Misich, that'll be fascinating too. I know that was he and uh, Bucks in Chicago with the two teams who are sniffing around him with OKC. They have his draft rights. But you have to trade for him and then sign him. And it'd basically just be like a free agent at that point. It's interesting for sure. But just get through the draft. Don't, tw- don't trade 24 for Misich, please. That's my, my yeah. ask. Eugene's interested. I want a younger player who's under team control for longer. That's my thing.
3: Yeah.
2: You, you can get him for much less than 24.
1: Yeah, I don't know because he won't play for OKC. So I don't know how much value they actually get out of. I mean, if you can trade the Cleveland Golden State second, then yeah, I'd absolutely. Give him a shot if he wants to play for Milwaukee. It's just an interesting situation. It is for sure.
2: Uh, we were going to go through our big boards finally. Oh, yeah. Sorry.
1: Go ahead. So
2: you you go first.
1: All right. So I EJ Liddell first. I feel good about that. Uh, Walker Kessler second. I feel good about that. Christian Brown third. I feel OK about it. Kennedy Chandler, fourth. I feel okay about it. You're, you're really – you're trying to get me to say no. I believe. I was an Isaiah try. Thomas I didn't Sting. try to do anything. My tiny kings out there, I'm on your side. Uh, Tari Easton fifth. Coloco, sixth. Jalen Williams, seven. Uh, Daylon Terry uh, – I kept wanting to say Jalen again. Eight. Beauchamp, nine. Uh, I'm missing a number, but Jovich Baldwin. Nice. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>
2: Uh, and my final board is Coloco first, Marjan Beauchamp second, Walker Kessler third, Dale and Terry four, Christian Brown five, Tari Eason six, Jalen Williams seven, EJ Liddell eight, Nikola Jovic nine, Kennedy Chandler ten, and Patrick Baldwin jr. eleven.
1: There you have it. I'll make a graphic, so you won't have to worry about hearing us. Uh, I'll tweet the graphic, probably from the pod account, uh, but that's our big
2: boards. That's our big board. We do have one more thing Todd.
1: Oh, yeah you got to choose your
2: fighter. Is it my turn? No, it's my turn. Oh, good. I'm pretty sure it's my turn. It's your turn. Okay. (laughs) So we are experiencing in Wisconsin uh, a heat wave. Uh, It's very hot and humid, sticky. It's not pleasant. Uh, So right now, uh, as the YouTube viewers have seen, uh, out of this beautiful Cruising for a bruising glass, I've been uh, drinking some iced tea from it. I want to know what you guys, what's your go-to on a super, super hot day? Are you going for like, like an ice cream? Are you going for a drink, like an iced tea, a lemonade, any sort of drink? Or are you going for necessarily a, I don't know, like some sort of like bigger snack or something? Like not neither of the two. You don't want to eat anything cool. What's a bigger snack? I, like, like literally nothing. Nothing cool. Nothing cool. <laughs> this
1: is maybe the worst one.
2: I feel. But like I have a second. St- you started I have a second question too.
1: And then you realize that you had just done summer beverages like two weeks ago. No, no, like, no, no, I, no, no I have a
2: se- I have a second. It's a two-parter. It's a two-parter. So the second second question is that: Are you guys like? Are you guys sitting outside enjoying the heat, or are you inside? Let's go with that one. First
1: uh i'm inside when it's this hot uh i'm outside like 80s lower 80s especially i don't love to be outside when it's super hot um but i'll be out inside i'll say cool drink i'm tempted to say bigger snacks i just find it like hilarious like the options are iced tea, okay, ice cream, it, 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 or a let pizza. Me, let me explain.
2: Let me explain myself. T- okay. Yeah, I have no so, idea what this. <laughs> so, basically, I was trying to say nothing, nothing cool, nothing cold. Like not, not, not a cool drink. Not like a, not like an ice cream or anything.
1: No, I, I, sparkling water cools me down. That's what the, my go-to on a hot day so, is. Nice sparkling water. When I water.
2: like when I, there was this time, it was a long time ago. I was visiting India, right? Visiting the family. We were at a family friend's house. And one thing that sort of happens, uh, it's less less common now, is like the power goes up. Uh, so you're just left with no AC, no fan. And it's like 100 plus degrees, plus it's like the monsoon season, so it's super, super humid as well. And I just remember it was a super, super bad day. It was a really bad day. We were at a family friend's house, and then like this family friend just offered jalebi. I don't know if you guys know what that is. It's like a dessert. It's like this, like orange, gooey sort of. It's way too sweet. It's way too sweet. Look Wait, at this. There's, like uh... there's a song. There's a Tesser song. Tesser Jason Derulo remix. Jalebi Baby. Is no?
1: it? Oh yeah. Yeah, you know. What I'm <laughs> I, I don't
2: about. know the song. <laughs> is it, is
1: it kind of like a, like a flom, texture? No. What is it? Describe it more. It's just like it's soft and sticky. I might have had this. Okay. Would it be served in like a little like styrofoam cup and you kind of get it with know, a spoon?
2: Sure. Maybe not really.
1: No, no, maybe not. I have a picture. I think I'll send you the picture later. Okay.
2: Send me the picture. But uh, that's, that's why I say something else. Cause I literally have a story because I I was so like, I was so confused why I was being offered this because of the heat. And I was like, maybe, maybe this is just something people do. They just, they just get like, some other thing not like a cold drink or not like uh, like an ice cream or something. So that's why it's an option, okay?
1: I just say you the pick. Uh, Eugene what do you I'm saying cold drink f- inside.
3: Um no. I love ice cream when summer comes, I can eat multiple ice creams per day. Uh, it's not good for me and I know it, <laughs> ah, who cares? but but especially uh, when we have exam because it's an exam period now. I can't handle myself, I need to eat ice cream. Sometimes I literally uh, go crazy if we don't have ice cream at home, I have to go out and go buy ice cream. Uh, so I would just ice cream um, every day. But for your second part of the question, if sitting inside or outside, you need to, you need to be specific, do, we, do I have air conditioning in the house? So?
2: Yes, yes. It's assumed that you have a method like a fan or at least a fan or something. You're adequately
3: exactly. cooled. Yeah. I, I think I'm sitting outside. I don't love air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, because I you guess. know, uh, uh, here in Greece, we are a little used um, to hot weather, especially in summer. So it doesn't really affect me a lot. And I also think that um, when air conditioning is on, I feel weird. I feel like the, the air is not natural. I don't know does anyone else have this or is it just me i just feel cold i don't i don't enjoy i don't enjoy air conditioning i love it
1: that's the point i'm a sicko i love it i don't know i I see what you're saying i I don't i don't think it's like the air i'm a sicko for ac like it's totally unnatural it's not right i like it
3: for example in our house every during the summer every window is open Every single window around the house is open. It's like a seep some days, you know. Doors are banging and everything. We just don't use AC. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I I get it. I just I I like my AC. I get warm.
2: Yeah, I'm not sitting outside. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like. Really, I don't get sunburned again. Shout out yeah, to the brown.
1: Uh, it feels like you're rubbing it in to me specifically at this. Bro, point.
2: it's like one thing I can flex with.
1: I clock in with a reddened face every other damn pod. And Ron's just like, by the way, can't happen to me. You enjoy golden hour? Oh, wait. You probably wouldn't, would you? I'm like, no, I don't actually. The only part I enjoy is seeing your little tweets. I click like and move on with my day knowing that will never be me.
0: Do you know how nice. hard?
1: No, never mind. Gonna, no, no, to go joke. It. No, I, 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 I just, I don't want to be taken out of context. That no, is clearly sarcasm. No. Okay,
2: okay, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh But uh, so Eugene, you're you're outside with ice cream. Ty, you're inside with what?
1: Sparkling water.
2: Sparkling water.
1: Interesting. Bubbly. Apple, but it's impossible to find. Oh my god.
2: I just don't like sparkling water.
1: Love it. Flavored I, sparkling I don't. water. Not straight up. I hate it. It's got to be flavored. Thank you, Eugene. It's also natural.
2: Exactly. How I'm inside with uh, with like an iced tea, which I am right now.
3: Yeah, you love iced tea. But how, for example, like you're sitting on a on a, on a hot uh, afternoon, and you who goes, man, I wish I had sparkling water. <laughs> 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 Me.
1: It's very refreshing. Again, I want to make it clear: not not like a a Perrier. It's it's specifically one of the flavored. It's got flavor. It's not just sparkling water.
3: I have no idea why this (laughs) concept
1: even exists. I'm gonna send you one can of Apple Bubbly. Your mind's gonna be changed. It's gonna cost me three hundred dollars, but it'll be worth it. I don't know.
2: Okay. I think that's a great place to wrap this up. Say thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Eurostep Podcast Network. Make sure you leave a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening, whether that's YouTube, whether that's your aforementioned podcast platform of choice. Uh, Check out gspn.info. That has all of our links. It also has our Bucks Off-Season Simulator, which you guys can still play. We're still getting some uh, some mentions in there. Uh, You guys seem to really enjoy that. Glad to see that. Uh, make sure you are checking out uh, everything else on gSPn.info, Substack. Uh, if you're not on YouTube, checking that out. Uh, check out all of our Twitters. Uh, pod Random and we will talk to you next time.